Colton found David and Brittany newly engaged. Where are you? Good. Are they Good. here? Yes. <laughs> newly engaged, and they volunteered to work as a team dicing all that up. All right. So there's Amen. Amen. Okay, we will release the children for Children's Church and greet each other in the name of the Lord. And... Good morning. Um, have a, a blessed life moment to read for you guys this morning. Something to share. Uh, and this is called uh, The Nature of Sacrifice. All right. So whenever we talk about blessing and giving, as we often do, uh, it's always appropriate to talk about uh, that ever a convicting word, sacrifice. Uh, and there's a lot that could be said in the subject, of course, uh, but this morning I want to draw our attention to a set of verses that caught uh, both me uh, and my wife's uh, attention this week separately as we were doing our, our different readings at different times. And in, we were looking at uh, Isaiah chapter 1, uh, and the verses in particular that we were thinking about uh, go like this. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle. Uh, I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. Uh, when you come to appear before me, uh, who has required this from your hand? Uh, to trample my courts, bring no more futile sacrifices. Incense is now an abomination to me. Those new moons, the Sabbaths, and the calling of all these assemblies, I cannot endure iniquity and the sacred meeting." Your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hates. They are trouble to me now, and I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not hear, for your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, put away the evil, the, uh, the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now and let us talk together. Let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And though you are red like crimson, you shall soon be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse, if you rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. And so the mouth of the Lord has spoken." Uh, so now, when we're looking at these verses, it's helpful to clarify what God's talking about here uh, when he's talking about sacrifice. Um, for the Hebrew people, of course, this means those ritualistic observances um, that God had set up for Moses way back when. Um, certain animal offerings treated in a specific way at very set times. Uh, and reading these rituals now outside of Hebrew uh, religious law and with the help of the help of writers like Paul, uh, it's easy for us to see that these rituals were set up to reflect the relational nature of God. They were given a, uh, a very hands-on and tangible set of symbolic actions uh, to show them what it means to wholly trust, to wholly revere, and love a God who purifies and makes all things good, uh, including us. Um, but of course, by Isaiah's time, uh, this meaning has been swept away. Sacrifice now is a reflection of a humanistic piety uh, and a false sense of superiority. We're better than everyone else because we have these things, right? Uh, and we know that this is the state of things even up to Jesus' time. Um, uh, when I read, of, read these verses, I think about that scene where he calls the, out the religious leaders of the time and, and calls them whitewashed tombs, right? Uh, 
Uh, and we hear that sort of that same sentiment, that same picture uh, that Isaiah is, is painting for us when he shows us that man fervently praying in a temple and he's raising his hands to God, but God can only see that he has blood, murder, murderous, guilty blood dripping from his hands. Uh, sort of an ironic picture for us. Uh, so in other words, there's this disconnect between what a religion should stand for and what the results are. Uh, and in talking about this, Linnea and I saw that this is still prevalent for us today. Um, one can look at, only has to look back at history, not too far even, and marvel at how um, sometimes a church has managed to take, um, oh, no, I lost it. Uh, managed to take Jesus, who saved us from this type of hypocrisy, uh, and still through the centuries have managed to somehow make it about ourselves. Uh, and the real trouble is that now the world is perhaps catching on to this. So, but there's an encouragement here, of course. God doesn't want sacrifice just for the sake of it. If you would tithe just because you have to this morning, because it's your duty to this organization or the church, um, perhaps you better save your money. Um, God wants your relationship. He wants a submission of ourselves to his goodness and to his love. Um, he wants to make us pure, not by the work of our hands, um, but by that sacrifice that he gave, that ultimate sacrifice that cannot be matched by anything that we could ever even offer. So ultimately, the message here is that we don't have to be responsible for maintaining any kind of facade. Um, sacrifice and holy living are all well and good, yes, um, but God is looking closely at each and every one of our hearts um, so let's listen to him today. So, Father, um, we just want to open ourselves up to you. We know that uh, as we go out, that people are going to be looking at us, especially even as we're voting, as we're trying to decide what it is that's best for this country, um, that people are going to be looking at us and saying, are we a reflection of what you represented on this earth? And we just ask that you would build in us um, something that is genuine, something that is true something that re represents faithfully who you are um, to the world and to America. Uh, in your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. I'll just let you give that to Joan here. Joan, why don't you just share that right now? Just to give you an update on Troy, um, maybe many of you saw the Facebook. Um, uh, Troy is our contractor, and he was in a motorcycle accident uh, when they were on vacation and broke his foot, um, multiple breaks in there. Um, <clears throat> The, the good news is in um, looking for direction, they contacted Mayo, and um, the doctor looked and said, be here Monday morning, I'll look at things, and I think they're planning for surgery uh, tomorrow afternoon. And um, so uh, he is definitely asking, thanking for prayer, uh, he, he sent me a text this morning, said, Jill felt the presence of your prayers as, and is crediting those for our quick and positive response from mail. Thank you, pray on. <laughs> so um, the, 
you know, prayer would be that, you know, the doctors can put things back where they're supposed to be and then God will heal the, the ligaments and those types of things that the doctors really can't do anything about anyway. So. Amen. So, Lord, we do lift up Troy before you for your healing power working through even with even with the surgeons those that are working on things there in the natural Lord that your Holy Spirit anointing and healing will be there and we pray that for Sandy Williamson also who is also at Mayo Clinic who is dealing with heart issues Lord we just lift her before you as well and then also Ida Mae Jacobs who has had some heart issues in this past week. Lord, we lift them before you in Jesus' name. We also cover in prayer all of our hunters that are out hunting, part of our congregation there, Lord, hunting deer. Lord, for your protection, your covering, and Lord, also success for them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Um, just a reminder, today will be the last day that we're uh, receiving offerings for Sean Knutson family who lost their home to a fire here just a little over a week ago. And so uh, to do that, just use one of the envelopes that's in a seat or they're in the boxes where we put our tithes and offerings and you can designate it for the fire for Sean Knutson family. And then also, just uh, information, we, uh, the offering that we received for Ronnie and Carol Ruano, or some know as Carol Slimmer, uh, came to $2,250, and so I just wanted you to know that too. Uh, hallelujah. We send out each week the information about opportunities during the 9.30 hour on Wednesday. There's also some options there. And uh, we will be having prayer meeting this Wednesday night at 6 o'clock. Um, and then we do have a... Are we ready with that video for the... Elections, if we are, let's put that up there now. As Christians, we know that honoring God means looking higher, that our lives are lived in light of a bigger purpose. And so we honor God with what we've been given our families, our finances, our very lives. We honor him when we preserve the nation he's entrusted to us and steward our responsibility for her future. We honor God by looking higher than mere politics, acknowledging that God gave us government for our good and treating our vote as a gift to use for his glory. As Christians, we are called to choose even when the choices are hard. So we must choose carefully, prayerfully. On this election day, will you look higher and honor God with your vote? So that's a word from the Minnesota Family Council. And 
as we've been noting, you know, preparing ourselves to vote on Tuesday, November 6th, it's this Tuesday. We have been mentioning the issue of candidates where they stand on abortion. I believe it's very important. Certainly not the only issue, but it's an important one. And to me, it's an indicator of where someone is really at uh, in a lot of things. And so anyway, there are also pamphlets on the Welcome Center desk that can help you with knowing where candidates stand on things. So let's do that, but let's keep praying about those things. Hallelujah. Well, the last few Sundays I've been sharing with you about um, some teachers that I've had in the past that were mentors that taught me not only knowledge or understanding about things, but then how to apply that in my life. I talked about my first grade teacher, Mrs. Anderson, and about uh, my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Cruen. But then we related that, you know, how they helped me to understand some things and then, you know, gain that knowledge, but then they showed me how to apply that knowledge in my life. Well, we applied that then to the Holy Spirit. Uh, because that's what he does in our lives. He brings revelation of Jesus Christ to us. And he shows us what Jesus has done for us. He's there right with us. He's right there with us always. He's joined together with our spirit, the spirit of God, to show us, to tell us, who Jesus is and who we are now in Christ Jesus and what we have in him. But we, um, we obtain this understanding and then realize its application in our lives as we are in continuous fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Now here's a scripture that's kind of along this theme of fellowship. It's 2 Corinthians 13, 14. And it says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. There's, a little, there's an A in brackets there by the word communion. And in the footnotes of the Bible that I had, it says 2 Corinthians there, it's the word fellowship, communion or fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And in my Spirit for Life Bible, in regards to that word, it says, it's a sharing. Now, this is talking about us and the Holy Spirit. It's sharing, unity, close association, partnership, participation, communion, fellowship. Kind of makes me think of that song, and he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me, I am his own. He walks with me and he talks with me. And this is the Holy Spirit in our lives. He walks with us and he talks with us and he tells us that we are his own. And then it goes on and says, the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. What joy it is as our minds are fixed on that fact that he's with us and he shows us these things. 
And as we remain in close communion and fellowship with God's Spirit, one of the things that he does is he continues to bring revelation and understanding of God's Word to us. And God's Word is truth. It is truth. God's Word is truth. Say that. God's Word is truth. Abiding in God and His Word keeps us from falling into deception. And there's lots of things as we're walking on this earth that could lead us into deception. And what deception is, is when we get into a place where we really believe something is true, but it's not the truth. But we believe it is. So then we are in deception. But as we abide in God, in his word, continue in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, he brings the truth to keep us out of deception. It keeps us from being deceived by the world, the flesh, and the devil. There's lots of things in the world that could bring us into deception. Lots of stuff in the days. And this has been throughout history. Since Jesus was here, you know, it's been that way. There's different things in culture, different uh, ideas and thoughts in the time periods that we've lived in. I've seen, you know, just in my lifetime, a lot of change in the way that people think about various things, um, aspects of life, and we can easily get into deception. And we can begin to think, well, I guess that's okay or that's all right. It's the way the world is doing. Everybody is thinking that way. Everybody's doing it. Uh, well, it's not so. Not so. Um, so in the, the world can have those kinds of influences and our flesh can lead us into things. The satisfying of the flesh. See, the flesh has not yet been saved. Our spirit person inside is saved. We're born again. We're, we've made new creations. But our flesh and then the fleshly mind or the carnal mind can lead us into things that aren't according to the Word of God. Or maybe we were in that place in things that aren't according to the Word of God, but then you see as we're in the Word and the Holy Spirit reveals things to us, then it frees us. We can see it and then we can walk in it. We can walk in freedom from the flesh, which the Word of God tells us that to be fleshly minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life in Christ Jesus. And so we want to go the way of life, right? I mean, it's the way of life versus death. But the enemy, our enemy, would try to deceive us and make us think the way of ways of the world or the flesh or the, even the devil. They're okay, and they're what bring life. They're what bring happiness. No, it's not true. Let's look at a scripture here in 1 John 2, verse 20, that talks about the Holy Spirit helping us to know the truth. It says there, But you are not like that, for the Holy One has given you His Spirit. The Holy One has given you His Spirit. 
And all of you know the truth. How? It's through his spirit who's within us. It's the spirit of God we're talking about here who dwells within us. So I am writing to you not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. How do we know the difference between truth and lies? It's by the Holy Spirit in us unveiling the word of God to us, the truth of the word. Thy word is truth. And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ, there is one lie right there. That's one deception that some people believe. Anyone who denies the Father and the Son is Antichrist. Antichrist, anti the anointing of God's Spirit. Anti. Anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either. But anyone who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. We need to stay faithful to what we've been taught from the beginning. The foundation pieces, we had the illustration of the puzzle, like we start with a puzzle with the frame on the outside. Maybe you could say that's like foundational type things. And we need to stay strong in those and not forget them and not waver in them. We need to have our thoughts and our meditations be there on the foundations in Christ, the things that we've been taught from the beginning. It goes on, if you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. When our minds drift off, either because of the world, flesh, or the devil, whatever, when our minds get out of focus from the Word of God and where we stand in the Lord Jesus Christ, those foundational things, then we can start to drift and we can get our mind on the things of the world and the things of the flesh and of the devil. And then, little by little, that fellowship with the Holy Spirit will begin to wane. It'll lessen. We don't want to do that. We want to stay in close fellowship with God, close fellowship with the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then it goes on and says, and in this fellowship, we enjoy the, etern we enjoy the eternal life he promised us. It's going to be a joy when our hearts and minds are focused toward God, his word. Those things are our meditation. The truth is our meditation. And in this fellowship, it says, we enjoy. We're going to be enjoying life every day because the Bible is extremely relevant to our lives and what we're doing wherever we are. The eternal life that he promised us. And he says, I am writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. 
But you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. That's a good thing to think on right there. That's a good scripture just to meditate on right there. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. The Holy Spirit is there to teach you. This isn't saying we can't have people that help. Teachers. God has set teachers in the church. But what it's saying is that the real revelation, as we mentioned before, it doesn't come from human Flesh and blood doesn't reveal these things to us. It's the Holy Spirit who reveals them to us. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. The Spirit teaches you everything you need to know in your life. He teaches you everything you need to know in your life. And what he teaches is the truth. It's true. It's not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with him. Remain in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Walk with him. Talk with him. Continue in fellowship with him. Don't stray from that at all. See, in this, this part of the letter there, John was addressing some people who had gotten into deception and they'd been listen to, listening to people that were drawing them away from their foundations. But the Holy Spirit is the revealer of truth from the Word of God. And we live in fellowship with Him. As we do, the Holy Spirit opens up the eyes of our understanding so that we can see and know the truth. Oh, thank God for that. Here's a scripture it's good to read, even if you're getting ready to, to um, study the Word, or any day when you're just meditating on the Word, when you're there, even as you come to church, or if you're listening to CDs or watching something online or on TV where there's teaching, this is a really good scripture. It says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom. This is a good thing to pray for yourself, but for others too. As Paul was doing here. May give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your and it says understanding, but there again was a footnote there. Hearts or understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. These are some of the things that he's praying that the eyes of their understanding may be open to. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us, toward you, who believe, put your name in there, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church 
to the church for the benefit of the church, which his body is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Those are some of those things that the Holy Spirit can help us to grasp and to have illumination on so that they can be applied in our life so that we will be enjoying life and living in victory so that actually the Spirit of God, the life of God will be manifest in our life to those around us and we will be witnesses of His, those filled with the Spirit and just shining the light wherever we go. The Holy Spirit helps to remove misunderstandings, confusions, untruths, and the lies of the devil, making us free to know the truth of God's wonderful words of life. Okay. 2 Corinthians 3. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. One aspect of that freedom, it's freedom from this veil. Freedom from that which is keeping us from seeing the truth of God that he has done for us through Jesus Christ for our lives, in our lives. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. We can see it. And when we see it, we know it with the eye of faith. And then we receive it by faith. We have it by faith. We've grasped it by faith. And then we live it by faith. And then it's seen by others around us. And we reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. And that's what happens. More and more, he is seen through us. But the veil is taken away. It's like blinders are taken away. I tried to find something that would illustrate that, and I thought, well, I'll just use these. You know, it's like these are like blinders. I can't see very much through these. These are really dark glasses. And not only that, they're very dirty. <laughs> and there's all smudges and everything over them. It's hard to see. But you see, the Holy Spirit, He removes them so that we can see. And He helps us to understand the truth of God's Word. But of course, we need to be in the Word and we need to be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, walking with Him and talking with Him. And He shows, and as we are, there's that scripture that we just have not seen the truth and He removes the veil and we can see. He takes it off. He removes the things that may have happened in the past even that have gotten blotches there or just the darkness so that all of a sudden, there it is. The veil is like it's removed, and we can see the truth. The blinders are off. And say, we can pray for one another, just like Paul was praying there. He, the prayer in Ephesians 1, we prayed for ourselves, 
but we can pray it for our loved ones. We pray for those that we're desiring to, maybe it's the veil of not realizing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that the enemy is putting all these things, these blinders, these questions in front of them so they just can't make that step of faith in giving their life to Christ. Second Corinthians, moving on to the fourth chapter there, it says, Therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it's hidden only from people who are perishing. Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Now, he's not my God, and he's not your God if he's in Christ Jesus. You know, some people have that blinder or that thing, well, I'm not going to give myself to God. I'm my own man, or I'm my own woman. No, you're not. You're under the lordship of the devil if you're not Christ's. See, there's a truth that people need to see. They're not their own man. You know, they can say, I did it my way. No, they didn't. Not if they weren't in Christ Jesus. Hello? You see that? Just, just continue on where we left off in uh, Ephesians 1, going to Ephesians 2, and you can see there where it talks about how the enemy Satan has control over those that aren't Christ. And before we came to Christ, that's what it was in our lives. He controlled but Satan, who is the God of this world, he's not my God. He's the one that brings all the junk in the world. That's another thing that keeps a lot of people from Jesus. They say, well, if God is God, why does he allow this to happen or that to happen? Let me tell you, the bad stuff isn't from God. It's from, it's from Satan. It's from the devil, from the enemy. Satan, who is the God Note with a little g of this world. And we declare God is God <laughs> over our regions and where we live. Amen? The Lord Jesus Christ and our God, our great God, his Lord. And we declare that over Minnesota. We declare it over the nation of the United States of America. If you're from another country, declare it over your country. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. But again, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. So what we need to, what do we do? We've been sharing with someone, it was just like there's blinders on. When we get to that place where we're going to where we're sharing Jesus is like a stone face. Pray the blinders off. Pray the blinders off of their eyes. Spiritual warfare, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 there, where it says we're not fighting a war of flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual warfare. Casting down imaginations and everything Every vain thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God in Christ Jesus, anything that exalts itself against the Word of God in that person that we're thinking of, 
And I'd like you just to think a moment of someone in your life right now that you know hasn't received Jesus yet. Or maybe they have slipped away from the foundations and they have gone astray. They aren't in that close communion with the Holy Spirit right now. Maybe you're one of them right now. And we pray for you that you might return right now. Just a decision. It's a decision. It's a decision. That's what it comes down to. So think of that person right now. I'm going to finish the scripture and then we're going to have prayer for them. But it says, Satan, who's the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable. See that? They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They're unable. They can look right at it. And they can't see it because they're blinded. They got the blinders on. They got these blinders. Unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. And so, this morning as we close, just lift that person that's in your thoughts right now, that's in your mind. Maybe it's you. But maybe it's someone close to you. Someone in your family or someone in the workplace, someone in school that does not know Jesus Christ. Maybe you've already shared with them. If you haven't, we need to be prepared to share the Lord. It's simple gospel. It's not complicated. It's so simple. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe that he's the Son of God, that he came to this earth born of a virgin, and that he died? He was at the whipping post, and then he went on the cross and he died, but then he rose again from the dead. He took your sin. Take that step to believe. Just take that believing step and receive for yourself this good news, this gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe it's you here today. Maybe it's a loved one. Maybe it's a family member. Or maybe it's someone that has drifted. Lord, we lift these specific people before you now in the name of Jesus. And we take that authority right now in his name, seated with him in the heavenlies, seated with Christ Jesus, and we take authority in the spirit realm to cast down imaginations, any vain thing that exalts itself, that's come between that person and you knowing you and your good news or has come between that person and that fellowship and communion with your spirit who dwells within. We take that authority to remove the veil so that they are able to see, able to understand 
We do this now in the name of Jesus. We call you home. We call you into the family of God today. Some maybe it's calling back that have drifted. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And yes, we do this all in the name of who? Jesus, say that again. Jesus, again. Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, Lord, now we just give you thanks for your working. And we thank you that even your very angels are being sent forth from this place right now to do your bidding, going according to your word, to minister unto these folks that we have just prayed for, and even some right in here in the sanctuary. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And as we go, remember there is a meal, fellowship meal, but then also there will be ministers here to pray with you in the front of the sanctuary if you have something either from this message or something else that you'd like to to, uh, pray about. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you.